Pitfall, a jungle adventure game designed by David Crane from Activision. Welcome to Nintendo Switchcraft episode 473. On this episode, we're going to talk about the Nintendo Investor Call. Plus, Nintendo of Europe is giving us a little gift of Pokemon Home and Fire Emblem. Costs $10 a month? Those stories on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Hey, Bill, this is Anna, a.k.a. Surreal Clay. Just wanted to say, keep up the great work, and Nintendo Switchcraft is an amazing podcast. Tension a go-go, baby. Hey everyone, welcome back to Switchcraft. It is brought to you live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, except for today. Today's Monday, February 10th, and it's not live. Why isn't it live, Bill? Well, I had an extremely long meeting after work today, and then I got home and I sat down to do the show notes, and I I was struggling to get anything done, so I figured I'm going to do a short show. I'm not going to bother doing it it live. I'm just going to take a break. I'm going to do a short show and talk about Nintendo's news and get it done quick. And uh, you know what? We'll do a full show on Wednesday and, of course, on Friday. And I'm just I just decided to take it easy today. So the rest of the time, you can tune in live over at twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp. Now, if there's something that I missed throughout the week, if there's a question that you have, a comment that you have, if there's something that you want me to talk about on the show, I ask that you use the AskRJS Twitter hashtag. That's A-S-K-R-J-S. I search for that on Friday nights or Saturday mornings, and I, I search for that hashtag on Twitter, and I see what you guys want me to talk about. You can also use our community Discord. There's over a 1,000 people on our Discord server, and in that server, there is a channel called AskRJS where you can leave your questions for me to use on the show. Uh, These can be questions, comments, whatever you want. Anyway, this particular episode of of, uh, Nintendo Switchcraft is, of course, made possible by our patrons. Big, big thank you to all of the patrons out there. You are all absolutely amazing. And this show is just, I don't know if it'd still be going without you guys. I really do appreciate it. Anyway, you can get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar by joining the Patreon over at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. All right, let's get started. If you're going to spend your time playing video games, why not play them on something that can also teach you about computing? Get a Commodore 64 or VIC-20. Nintendo held their uh, quarterly investor call, and they had a few questions. Uh, they Okay, so basically investors, people who have uh, bought stock in Nintendo. They get to ask the leadership of Nintendo questions. And I went through uh, that and uh, it's it's been translated into English. Uh, I went through that and looked for comments from Nintendo that I thought were significant or interesting. So uh, I only pulled two out. If you want all of the questions, uh, then go to runjumpstomp.com. This is episode 473. Check out those show notes. And you can find the link right there that will take you straight to them. All right, let's start with question number one. It reads, now that the holiday seasons of... 
Bah, let's try that again. Now that the holiday season is over, what changes have there been to the ratio of consumers who purchased Nintendo Switch Lite as their second system in the Nintendo Switch family? Is the overall Nintendo Switch user base expanding favorably? Uh, Mr. Shuntaro Furukawa, uh, who is the uh, president of Nintendo, um, he said at the six-month financial results briefing, we noted, so this is in the past, he said that we noted that the percentage of consumers who purchased a Nintendo Switch Lite as their second console, uh, I'm sorry, as their second Nintendo Switch system was 43%. Now, I must have missed that the first time around because that is a ridiculous, like that's a crazy high number. I I could not believe that 43% of people had said that the that that uh, their Nintendo Switch uh, Lite was the second one that they were purchasing. Of course, I say this as somebody who has three switches in the house, one of which is a Lite. Although I don't know if that really counts as a second one because it's for a new user. Like that's for my wife. That's her uh, Nintendo Switch, and I have my own, and my son has my own. It's not like we were replacing one, so I'm not sure if that would be included in that 43%, but that he continued, as of now, with the holiday season behind us, that ratio is around 30%. Now, somebody might say, oh, that number's going down. What does that mean? Well, that's actually a good thing. You know, you want that number to go down. You don't want to have duplicate switches out there because here's what's happening. Either A, uh, one of those switches is being switches, switch, uh, whatever the plural is, one of those is being traded in or sitting in a drawer. And either way, Nintendo doesn't make any money from that second, that 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 first system. It's out of the, it's either going to uh, end up as money in GameStop's pockets or it's going to sit in a drawer and do nothing. And either way, that's not good for Nintendo. However, why do we want that number to, to uh, keep going down? to go from 43 to 30% and hopefully even lower. Well, we want that number to go down because that means that the population who are buying the Switch are people who did not already have one, uh, the Switch Lite specifically. So uh, he goes on to say, we've also confirmed that women account for a high percentage of consumers who are choosing to purchase a Nintendo Switch Lite as their first system in the Nintendo Switch family. For these reasons, we are seeing that the launch of the Nintendo Switch Lite is, in fact, expanding the the user base. And I can kind of attest to that. When they first announced the Nintendo Switch Lite, I showed it to my wife and I said, hey, honey, look at this thing. And she looked at it and she said, I want one, um, which really surprised me. I mean, I know we've got Animal Crossing coming down the road and I know that she's going to enjoy that game because we all, like everybody in the house, basically enjoyed playing New Leaf together. So I'm sure that she'll also enjoy uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, I think is what it's called. I forget. Um, I'm sure that she'll enjoy that. But for her to like take one look at the Switch Lite and say instantaneously she wanted one and it had to be the yellow one, uh, that was really surprising to me. Uh, and, and I'm curious, uh, if, if there's anybody out there that's listening to this, if you are one of the people who bought a Nintendo switch Lite and it is your first Nintendo switch system, I'm very curious. Now I'm going to guess seeing as how this, this is a Nintendo podcast, 
I'm going to guess that the number of people who bought the Nintendo Switch Lite as their first Nintendo Switch, I'm going to guess that that's going to be a very, very low number for this particular audience. So I'm going to set out a tweet. In fact, I'm going to pause my recording and send out a tweet right now that says, if you purchased the Nintendo Switch Lite, was it your first Nintendo Switch and reply with your reasons. So if you don't already follow me on Twitter, I'm at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. You can reply to that, uh, make your voice heard, and let me know. And I will talk about your responses on the show on Saturday. All right, that tweet is now sent out. Let's take a look at the next question, or the last question that I thought had some really good information here. Uh, and that was question number eight. It said, I would like to hear about what the positioning of the next fiscal year ending March 31st, 2021, so a full year away, or or more than a full year away, uh, what is the positioning for Nintendo as other companies are planning to launch their new hardware? Given that Nintendo Switch is soon entering its fourth year, do you see the next fiscal year, including changes in the environment, as something of a threat or a major opportunity. Please describe your direction in terms of positioning and strategy. All right, the answer comes from Mr. Furukawa, and he says uh, a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm not going to read everything he says, but here's the nugget that I thought was the most important. Uh, He says, on the software side, in addition to continuing to release new software, we believe that it is also essential to continue our efforts to extend sales of already released software for a longer period than before. Okay, what does that mean? Well, it means expect more DLC. Now, this should not be a huge surprise to anyone, as Mr. Furukawa has told us in the past that he is a fan of DLC. And I personally think that DLC, if it's done the right way, is awesome. And Nintendo has a tendency to do it the right way. Here's what I mean. Well, actually, let me give you an example of bad DLC. Bad DLC is when a video game company, we'll say uh, video company um, uh, X, you know, they make a game and then they say, all right, we're going to lop this part of the game out We're just going to cut it out surgically, remove it, and then we will sell that as DLC after the fact. In fact, it will be day one DLC. So you get the game, and then you can buy that DLC day one and have it added back into the game. That is a bad DLC business model. I mean, I'm sure it's a good business model, but it's it's anti-consumer in my opinion. The right way to do DLC is to make a game, sell that said game, tell people that it may include DLC down the road, and then sell DLC later on once you've made it after the game has sold. So, you know, you sell a game and then you bring DLC for it long after the fact. A very good example of this would be Breath of the Wild. The original Breath of the the Wild had DLC and they had to take time to make it after this after the game sold. 
It had two DLCs, in fact. Another really, really good example of the way that Nintendo does DLC and they do it right was Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U. Not Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, because that hasn't had DLC, although I think it should. But Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Wii U, they did it right. They sold Mario Kart 8, and then they made DLC, which brought in new characters to race, including Link, right? And then new courses to race on, and they sold them for a really, really good price. There was a lot of value. And I think that that created a lot of goodwill towards Nintendo with Mario Kart 8. And I think that a lot of people, I feel like there's a lot of people who are the super hardcore Nintendo fans who probably would have said, uh, no way Nintendo, if they had done that differently and then brought out Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Because, you know, there's there are, there were, of course, some people who said, okay, I bought Mario Kart 8, and then I bought the DLC, and now you want me to buy it all again on the next system? And for many people, that was not an okay thing. But for a lot of people, it was okay. And why was it okay? Because they saw the value in it. When we didn't, it, it didn't make us feel like we were being nickled and dimed to death. And, you know, some people might say, well, I don't know, Bill, that's kind of shady. Why would they do that? Well, you have to remember that the Wii U only sold 14 million consoles worldwide in its lifetime. That's a very low number, especially when you consider that the Nintendo Switch in three years, or less than three years, actually, uh, sold 52 million consoles in that time. Like, that's an insane number. So there were a lot of people who did not get a Wii U, mostly, I believe, because of really, really poor marketing. And uh, they missed out on some really good games, which is why I think it's okay that Nintendo ports those games forward. Uh, So uh, I think that we're going to look at seeing more DLC down the road. You know, we just saw DLC from Fire Emblem Three Houses, where they added in the um, the whatever wolves, the Ashen Wolves, I think is the the fourth name of the fourth house. And we might see a fifth house down the road. We might see a DLC for Luigi's Mansion 3. We might see some DLC. I mean, we've all been screaming, Nintendo, please give us DLC for Mario Odyssey. And they just keep giving us this free uh, extra outfits and stuff that I think that most people really don't care about at the end of the day i want i want to jump back into mario odyssey and play some new levels wouldn't that be amazing if they suddenly did that now speaking of dlc uh, i want to bring up animal crossing because recently there was uh some some news and i promise i'll get back to the investor call in just a second recently there was some news that said that uh hey everybody i just saw on um on Nintendo's site that there's going to be uh, paid transactions or, or transactions after the fact uh, in Animal Crossing New Horizons. And people were thinking, does that mean microtransactions or does that mean DLC? I really, really, really hope that that is not microtransactions. And if it is microtransactions, then I don't know if I'll play the game. That might be enough to, to to push me away from it. However, 
Well, I mean, if it's just cosmetic microtransactions, then I guess I don't care. And I, I don't know. You know what? Oof. I I want to know what you guys think about this. If there's microtransact, you know what? I'm going to do another tweet. I'm going to do another tweet right now. Okay, so I just sent out a tweet. It says, if there are microtransactions in Animal Crossing New Horizons, will that stop you from playing it? Reply with your reasons. So again, follow me on Twitter, at RunJumpStomp, and let me know what you think. I will talk about it on the Saturday show. I'll see what you guys think. Anyway, uh, back to the investor's call. I keep getting distracted by Twitter. Uh, so he he went on to say, after saying that, hey, we expect more DLC from Nintendo, which in the end, at the end of the day, I think is a good thing. Uh, he went on to actually, wait, I, I want to explain why it's a good thing. It's a good thing for Nintendo because that means that they make more money. If they make more money, then they're going to be able to take uh, more risks and make more games. Now, why do they make more money when they do DLC? It might not be obvious to everyone, but if a game has DLC available and you buy that game and then you've spent money on DLC, then you are much less likely to trade that game in. And if you don't trade that game in, then there's not a used version of that game at your local GameStop. So then somebody can go in and buy that in giving GameStop money instead of giving Nintendo money. Does that make sense? All right, let's move on. Uh, he, Mr. Furukawa went on to say, the Nintendo Switch business will soon enter its fourth year, and we believe it is just entering the middle of its life cycle. We are looking beyond the next fiscal year to continue how to move forward in the next fiscal year and ones to come. So basically, he's saying here, look, the Nintendo Switch is about to be three years old in March, which is, I can't believe it's only been three years. It feels like an eternity, um, mostly because I cover it so so closely. But uh, it, it'll be three years old in March, and Nintendo is saying it's just hitting its mid-year, uh, mid-life crisis, right? It, it's only halfway through its life cycle. So we have a long way to go before we're going to get another device from Nintendo. There, now, there's going to be people, and I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people who read this and they say, okay, so the Switch that I have now is the only Switch that they're going to have moving forward. And so there's not, not any Switch Pro going forward for the next three years at least. There's uh, nothing else coming. There's not going to be a Switch XL or whatever. I don't think it means that. I don't think it means that at all. And here's the reason I don't think it means that. Nintendo regularly um, refreshes their mobile platforms. When you look at the Game Boy, then they switch to the Game Boy Color, you know? And then you had the Game Boy Advance, right? And then the Game Boy Advance had the Game Boy Advance SP, that one that folded in half. Then they brought out the, the DS, and then the DSi or the DS Lite, and then they just kept refreshing and giving us new versions of the same hardware. And then we saw the 3DS, and it came out with the new 3DS XL, which was the first time, was it the first time? Or it was definitely a time where they bifurcated the market, and it didn't go well for them. I don't think it went well for them. The new 3DS XL didn't sell super well, 
And there were almost no one. There were almost no one. There was no almost no one that supported it. Like, yes, you could play all of the other 3DS games, but you couldn't play. I mean, there were there were just very few games that required it. And I, you know, I bought it. I never felt bad for buying it because it was a great system and it was a really, really good upgrade to it. And I think that that's the kind of thing that we can expect from Nintendo. We can expect upgrades. However, I think that it will be set in such a way that the games that are running on the next Nintendo Switch will also run on the old Nintendo Switches. And I think that that's a good thing. And there's going to be people out there who say that this is a disaster. And one of the only reasons that the Nintendo Switch is so popular is because it has a lot of the really, really popular games on it. And that wouldn't be possible if when the PS4 and Xbox Series, or I'm sorry, PS5 and Xbox Series X come out, like those are much more powerful hardware than the Nintendo Switch. And it's going to be hard for developers to bring their games to the Nintendo Switch if they're designed to run on these other systems. And while I I understand that, I also think that developers have found really, really good ways to, to deal with that kind of stuff. And that's why we have games like Doom 2016 running on the Nintendo Switch. That's reasons why we're about to have Doom Eternal running on the Nintendo Switch. Sure, Doom Eternal is going to come later. That's okay. It's all right that it comes later as long as it comes eventually. And I think that the Nintendo Switch right now is kind of showing us that. It's showing us that, look, we can get the graphics to look not as good as they are on other platforms, but we can get them to look good enough if the developers take their time. And what has shown is that Nintendo customers buy a whole lot of games. And many developers have said that the their sales on Nintendo Switch have far exceeded their sales on other platforms. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. We'll find out soon what's going to happen, or we'll find out in three years when the next thing comes out. But I don't think that we're looking at the last Nintendo Switch. I think that we're going to get another uh, Nintendo Switch somewhere down the road, and maybe not 2020, but 2021, I think so. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll hear from a sponsor, and then I've got two fast stories to talk about before I get out of here. I can't believe how long I talked about this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When it's least expected, you're elected. 
Celtic, you're the star today. Smile, you're on Game Boy Camera. It's fun to look at yourself as other people do. How's your sense of humor? There's a rumor laughter's on its way. Smile, you're on Game Boy Camera. Yes, with Game Boy Camera, you can turn photography into photography. Smile, you're on Game Boy Camera. All right, we are back. I love that jingle. That's just so fun. Anyway, uh, two quick stories that I want to share before we get out of here. Nintendo of Europe told us all that if you want to celebrate the release of Pokemon Home later this month, you will be able to bring over Pokemon from your previous 3DS titles with a free month's trial to Pokemon Bank. So that's how they get you. Now, I don't think that Pokemon Bank is too terribly expensive. I think it's a little tiny bit high, but at the end of the day, it's not that big a deal. Am I going to invest in it? No, I'm not. Um, You know, I'm just going to deal with the Pokemon that I have in Sword and Shield, and I don't need to bring everything together in order to have fun in the game. However, if you do, then guess what? You can subscribe for free And if you want more information about that, check out the show notes. Again, that's runjumpstomp.com. This is episode 473. All right. Last thing that I wanted to talk about is this story from gamesindustry.biz. Nintendo has a subscription model attached to Fire Emblem Heroes, and it is $10 a month. Now, I don't have much to say about this because I don't play Fire Emblem Heroes, but it's, oh my goodness, $10 a month? That seems a little crazy to me. What do you get for your $10 a month? Well, uh, in return, subscribers will receive two special heroes each month, complete with unique outfits, visuals, voices, and stat boosts. These will be available to non-subscribers to purchase following their period on the Fire Emblem Heroes Pass. Unique quest objectives with in-game currency rewards and additional gameplay assist and boost for PvE play that will help speed play up, bolster characters, and redo undesirable player decisions. Ladies and gentlemen, this is pay to win. Now, I haven't played Fire Emblem Heroes since it first came out. I'm assuming it's still pretty much a single-player game, so the idea of somebody paying money to win in that I don't really care. That's fine. I just hope that none of this stuff leaks over into a multiplayer style game because a multiplayer style game that like it's bad enough when you've got a gotcha system as your monetization model, but then to have pay to win stuff on top of that, it doesn't feel good. It makes me very, very nervous. Now last, um, very recently, It was revealed that 61% of Nintendo's lifetime mobile gaming revenue has come from Fire Emblem Heroes. And that revenue reached $1 billion so far last month, which is really, really crazy. And this is not the only subscription service that Nintendo has on mobile. They also have uh, Mario Mario Kart Tour Gold Pass for... Um, oh gosh, I can't remember. I think it's also $10 a month. Now, if I were Nintendo, what I would do is I would say, if you want to do a subscription on mobile for our mobile games, 
we'll give you our Animal Crossing, whatever, uh, the Animal Crossing uh, Pocket Camp. We'll give you that subscription and the Fire Emblem Heroes subscription and the Mario Kart subscription for $10 a month. I think that that is much more, I'm sorry, much less egregious. Um, It just feels really, really bad when you're paying $10 a month on uh, Fire Emblem Heroes by itself and then another $10 a month on Mario Kart Tour by itself. Again, these are not games that appeal to me, so it doesn't affect me, but... It's just something to keep in mind. Anyway, let me know what you think of all of that stuff. Again, join the community. Join the the Discord over at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. You can watch the show live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp when I do it live. You can get a hold of me uh, using the at runjumpstomp uh, Twitter handle or use the hashtag on Twitter, AskRJS. This show is is part of the giant-sized team-up network. If you are looking for more information about the other shows on the network, make sure that you check out gstu.net. If you want to support the show, there's lots of ways that you can do that. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And uh, I just want to say that 143 Pixels is coming back tomorrow. That's right, tomorrow, 143 Pixels is coming back. If you don't know what it is, guess what? I'm going to drop tomorrow's episode season, or, or I'm sorry, episode one of season two. I'm going to drop that right here on this feed. So if you haven't listened to it yet, you can check it out. And if you really, really like it, then guess what? You can subscribe to it for free on whatever device or platform you are listening to this show right now. That is, of course, unless you're watching this on YouTube. Anyway, the music that you're about to hear is Cornaria Star Fox Remix. By Noteblock. Thank you, everyone, for listening to me rattle on about Nintendo. You're awesome. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>